What's up, Antioch Dallas? Thanks for listening to the podcast. My name is Steven. I'm here with my one of my best friends. Why, why did I just add a clarifier there? <laughs> Joe Polino. Joe, how you doing? Doing good, man. I'm, I'm thankful that I'm one of your best friends. <laughs> <laughs> well, Joe, Joe is an awesome pastor here, and he has an announcement for you guys. Uh, we have some awesome courses coming up. What are these courses called, Joe? They are called growth courses. So they're intended to help you grow in your faith. Uh, so we're really pumped about this, growth courses. If you want more information, you can go to our website. Uh, it'll be under AntiochDallas.org. Uh, under event calendar, you will be able to see where you can register and get more information on the different growth courses that usually last around anywhere between five to six weeks. So if you have trouble with commitment, we're here to help you out. So there's one course that focuses on newlyweds, and if you're in your first five years of marriage, this will help you to establish good foundational rhythms in your marriage. There's another course on American Sign Language. If you want to learn sign language to minister uh, to the deaf community, that's available. Uh, There's a course on being fathered by God, which is focusing on a book by John Eldridge. So um, that'll be a six-week journey in being fathered by God designed for men. And then there's another class designed for women focusing on the book Thousand Gifts um, from Ann Voskamp. So there's, and I think there's a few others as well um, to uh, to check out. So I would definitely uh, recommend that. That's awesome. So go to our website, sign up, register for a growth course this fall. We're really excited about it. Thanks for listening today, guys. We hope you enjoy the message, and we'll see you in life group. All right, love you guys. Well, guys, welcome to Antioch. So glad. You're with us this morning. My name is Stephen. I am the student ministries pastor here. And that is the presence of God that we just heard. Many people on campus, I do college ministry, many people ask me, what is Antioch all about? And you know, on on college campuses these days, there's a lot of anti-organizations. And so when you are part of Antioch, you get a lot of questions. And so I just tell people, you know what? We are all about seeing awkwardness leave in Jesus' name. And so we are anti-awk, guys. Amen. Um, But no, but I love love this series because this is our bread and butter, guys. Uh, Community is what Antioch is all about. Uh, Jesus even said that they will know you by your love. And that's something that I feel like Antioch strives to do day in and day out, life group in, life group out, to love one another. Um, and man, it's just a great privilege. And so what I want you to hear as I preach this message is not, I wish you guys were doing things differently, but it's more of, I want to encourage you in doing what you're doing even still even more just as Paul even preaches when he preaches to his churches. Not all the time is he coming heavy-handed. I guess the Galatians got kind of that one. They're like, I mean, Paul was like essentially rapping to them and like going off on them. What what did he say at that part? He was like, uh, you foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you before whose eyes Jesus Christ was publicly portrayed as crucified? Like, he's just like going off on them. And then the other guys, he's like, I love y'all. Y'all are doing great. Grace, grace to you and peace. Um, But yeah, and so I love Jesus. He cares for the church and you're doing an awesome job. So hear that first. Okay, let's jump in. Jesus is teaching 
uh, and he runs into these dudes that want to trip him up. Many of you heard of the Pharisees or the Sadducees. So what we're going to talk about today is the great commandment. This is um, one of the questions that Jesus answers in the scripture. Uh, And I don't know if you've read the gospels before, but usually Jesus doesn't answer questions. He either teaches a parable in response to someone's question, which is like, I mean, it's a Jesus juke. And, or he answers with a question. And so Jesus just usually does not answer questions. And that's usually like rabbis would do that. Um, Usually sometimes they would do it to assert their, their interpretation of the scripture, but Jesus does it in a way to draw the hearts of men out. But uh, Jesus was probably asked a few hundred questions within the scripture. And I, I believe three times he gives a clear answer. One of them is when the disciples ask, teach us to pray. And then Jesus teaches them how to pray. Um, another time is this passage right here, the great commandment. I don't know what the third one is. You're going to have to find that one. So that's your homework for today. But we're going to do the second one. And that is this one right here. So turn with me to Matthew 22. And you can just read it on the screen. Or you can pull out your nifty sword of the spirit. Um, that's the Bible. Uh, When the Pharisees heard that he, Jesus, had silenced the Sadducees, so Jesus earlier in this passage had owned a group of people that were trying to own him, and he's like, who's next? And so the Pharisees show up, they gather together. One of them, a lawyer, asked him a question to test him. Testing Jesus is not a good idea, but go for it. Teacher, which is the great commandment in the law? So the the Pharisees and the Sadducees in the Old Testament, they saw these 600 laws, and he's asking, okay, which is the most important? What is the great commandment in the law? And Jesus said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. It's a pretty awesome commandment. And I don't know about you, but anytime I read this, I think of like Dragon Ball Z and like somebody trying to go Super Saiyan, like, I'm going to love you, God, with everything, like just going off. Like, and many of you probably don't do that because you're probably normal. But I just, when I read this, I'm like, God, something in me has to blow up like when I'm before you. And that's what you've called me to is just to like go nuts for Jesus. Go nuts for God. So um, he says, this is the great and first commandment, and a second is like it. So funny, Jesus has asked a question, and he gives an answer, but then he adds something next. And he says it is like it, which I think that's, that's interesting, because to love the Lord your God with all your whole heart, soul, mind, and strength, that's like a pretty huge deal. And then he says, this is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. And... I don't know about you, but this is a challenging passage for me. And and what I love is Jesus in this moment, what he is doing is he is simplifying everything these Old Testament um, Pharisaical people are trying to say, God, this is most important to God is doing these things. And Jesus is just saying, love God with everything and love your neighbor as yourself. And that's what I love about Jesus. Jesus usually simplifies things. He doesn't complicate them. And I I think that's what we need as we're looking to build a community here. We need to do things simply and not make things so complicated. Um, And then this next verse, he says, On these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. 
And so he's saying that everything you've read in the Old Testament is pointing to this. Your purpose as a human being is to love God with everything and to love your neighbor as yourself. Well, in preparation for today's message, are you guys with me? I made a map. Made a map. This is my house. Yes. I, I live on Oates Drive. I don't know if you've seen it. Um, it's in Lake Hood, which is east of Lake Wood. Some people refer to it as White Rock Forest. We refer to it as White Rock Porest. Um, and it's a great neighborhood. And one of the things that brings our neighborhood together is really a Facebook group that we have. We just strive to be together. Um, so if like the FedEx truck drives through, someone's like snapping a pic, like, hey, the FedEx guy's here. Like, so everyone knows their package is coming because it's about to get snatched by somebody else. And so <laughs> it's, it's really helpful that we are in this together as a neighborhood and this Facebook group brings us together. Case in point, I received this picture on the Facebook group. This is my house and a bunch of turkey vultures are hanging out in the front yard. So someone posts this, and they're like, hey, just thought I should let you know there's turkey vultures in your yard. Thank you very much. I mean, I don't know about you, but if you had a neighbor, and I mean, if you had turkey vultures in your yard, would you want someone to tell you about it? Yes. That is a, like, case in point, how to obey Jesus' command. Send a picture. Let them know. Something might have died. Um, so I made this map, and this is a map of the houses around me. So these blue boxes, uh, imagine, are the houses to my left, to the right, to the front, and to behind. And I've been trying to map out, okay, who do I know? How am I going to love my neighbor as myself if I don't know my neighbors? And so I know Doug and Brittany to my left. They have a dog and a daughter. And I know Greg and Chantel. They have a dog as well as a daughter. I don't know if you're getting you know, some correlation, neighbors usually have a dog and or a daughter. Um, Joe has a daughter and a dog. Um, but when it goes out a little bit, I kind of get confused as to like who my neighbors are. So there's a cat that kind of wanders around. I don't know where it actually belongs. Katie tells me that the neighbor to the top left is Dawn and she has a dog. Um, and then I know there's a baby in the right, on the top right, because I see that baby all the time in a stroller. I just don't know who it belongs to. Um, and then the other neighbors, I have no idea who they are. I've seen their vehicles. I, so I, I'm at a loss. Everyone behind me, I, I have no idea who they are. That's where I put my trash. And so I hope, I mean, I don't know what that says. I, I feel bad about that. I want to know them, but if I don't know them, how am I going to love them? And I'm sure for a lot of us, I don't know what your nine squares look like, but I'm sure if, if we were all to do this, nine times out of 10, we're not going to know all of, our, all of the people that we're living next to. Um, Doug, Doug is an amazing neighbor. Doug, like, texts me all the time, like, random things that he needs. He's like the quintessential dude that needs sugar, like, and he, he's always asking. He's like, hey, you got change for 20? And... <laughs> And I'm like, yes, yes, I do. Let me love you. Like, and, and I just love that. And it's just something that 
even gives us a little relationship. There was one time some guy was like in my garage, unbeknownst to me, and Doug ran over there with like a baseball bat to like go like throw down. I'm like, Doug, you are the best neighbor. Like, I love you. Um, but yeah, so what am I getting at here? Um, neighbors are awesome, but sometimes like it's just hard to get to know them. And if Jesus is making things simple, love your neighbor as yourself, what does that look like for us to obey that commandment. And even, even more difficult, what does it look like to obey the first? Because the, the second is a fruit of the first. What does it look like to love God with everything? And I, I don't necessarily have an answer for you right now in the sermon, but an answer will come. So what am I doing when I'm not meeting my neighbors or giving Doug change for a 20? This is what I'm doing. watching the greatest show on Netflix, the greatest, the great British baking show, GBBS, if you're into hashtags. Um, so, man, Paul and Mary, I just, I love these guys. They're so good. If you've seen this show, you know why I love it. And it's because British people do things good. Like, I don't, I, like, I feel like my picture of British culture is it's like, it's all revolved around tea and biscuits, and they just, like, they sit around and they do that all day. They maybe have jobs, but that's, like, the, the primary thing, and you see it in the show. Like, when we, when we make an American, like, chef show, it's, like, it's crazy, insane. There's cursing, expletives, and, like, there's, it's just a sense of pride that you get out of beating people, and on this show, it's, like, Everybody loves each other, and they're just like, oh, you did such a good job. Oh, do you need my pastry? Like, and they're just like offering each other help, and it's just, it's a show all about love, and like, I cry every single episode that I watch, and I'm, and I, I don't know what's wrong with you if you're not. Like, the show is so emotional, and it's beautiful, and and you think, I don't know, Paul, Paul Hollywood, this guy, where do you get that name? And Mary Berry are, are the, they're kind of the judges of the show. And they can be very intense, but they're also very encouraging. Like Paul will give someone a handshake if they think they've done a good job. And that's like, I, I've only seen like three handshakes in the entire show, but he's very stern, but he's also like, he's good at loving people as well. Um, so I want to give you guys some tips on how to win the great British baking show. You have to love baking. You have to really love baking. So this show is not just a bunch of grandmas um, hanging out baking. All, like, there's a lot of like, younger people in this show that have learned how to bake, and you just have to love it. There's a lot of different disciplines that you have to show you're, you're able to make. And, and honestly, like I don't know for you, but when I bake something, it's not because I need to bake something. It's because I want and I desire what I'm baking, right? And so to love baking, it's not just about, well, my family really needs these cookies right now. It's like, no, I love cookies. And I feel like for everyone on this show, that's something that you see in them. They just love baking. These guys, like, I mean, honestly, they're baking all the time if you're on this show. What's the next thing you need? You need to understand how ingredients go 
together. So sometimes they pull out some crazy stuff. Like, yeah, I don't know if you know what rhubarb is, but I know what it is, and that stuff does not taste good. But apparently you can put it with strawberries or raspberries and make it into a pie and hope the, you know, the bottom doesn't get soggy and you're just, you're good to go. Um, I just, I love that they're able to have a diverse understanding of all these ingredients and bring them together to make something beautiful. You have to have a plan. So the show's on the weekends and it meets in a tent, which I think is on the field outside of Downton Abbey. I don't know where this tent is, but every weekend they come in to bake together in the tent. But during the week, I feel like they're probably practicing, like, I'm going to make this, I'm going to do this. When they start listing out what they're making, I'm like, what did you just say? I'm so glad there's subtitles because they're just, they know what they're baking and they're very passionate about it. Um, and the last point, this will help you to win the greatest, Great British Baking Show, is to put yourself into every bake. Um, I don't know if you know who Nadia is, but when I see Nadia bake, I'm like, Nadia, that bake is so you. Like, everything that she bakes, I'm just like, that is so you, girl. You're amazing. And I, I just feel like, honestly, when you're into baking, you have to put yourself into what you're making. And every time they're kind of explaining why they did something, they pull out, well, this is from my culture. This is how we do it. And they, they own it because they've put themselves in what they've baked. And that's just really like a good way to bake is to put, your, put everything into it, put yourself into it. Well, why am I talking about baking? <laughs> I'm glad you asked, Rhubarbara. Baking is like community. And I know some of you are thinking, sometimes you get burned. And that is not, that is not, that is not my point today. So... I want to show you how this relates to God's heart for community. When he's baking to talk about God's heart for community. Let's go. Okay? God creates out of pleasure. God enjoys his creation. God did not need to make us. He desired to make us. It was his joy and pleasure to make us as people. And I also, I want to point out Jesus loves bread. Like he talks about bread all the time. He's like, I am the bread of life. You have to love bread in order to be able to say that. Like, this thing, I'm the embodiment of it. Like, I just think that's, I mean, honestly, Jesus loves bread a lot. He was out in a field somewhere next to a sea, and he multiplied loaves of bread to feed, like, thousands of people. He loves bread. He taught people about the kingdom of God. He said the kingdom of God is like yeast put into flour that made itself throughout the entire dough. Like, he's talking about bread. He's saying, my kingdom's like, like yeast in a, in a dough. Just want to let you know. Jesus loves bread. But he, like, he doesn't need bread. He enjoys it. He doesn't need us. He enjoys us. So even as he says, when, when the enemy, the accuser, Jeremy was talking about the accuser last week, um, there's a time that he was accusing Jesus, and Jesus said, man does not live on bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. But I even just want you to see, like, man doesn't live by bread alone. He can still eat bread. Jesus loves bread, but even more so, he loves the word of God, and he lives from that place. And so have I 
have I sold you on Jesus loves bread yet? Okay. And he creates out of pleasure. This is a scripture from Luke 12. It says, fear not, little flock, for it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. I mean, even though the father's good pleasure is to give you his kingdom. Come on. Second point, God understands how we go together. So when you think about these ingredients that are all different, um, I want you to think about how different we are in this room. Many of us are coming in with unique giftings, unique histories, our pasts, our ethnicities, our fill in the blank. We are all a lot of different weird people. And many times when we're coming into a new community, we're just raw. Like the ingredients that are going into a bake, like you're raw and you're separated, but you're being thrown together. And the baker in this situation is God. He is putting you together, molding you together with other people to make something that's beautiful. And Jesus understands everything about you. He knows not only what your purpose is, but he loves that you're a part of his creation and a part of his community that he's building. And it is okay to be raw and to be coming in like, and not know what your purpose is. God knows what your purpose is here in community. Um, God has a plan for his community. And so he's not just building this community for the community's sake, but the, the community is unto something. Just as when a person bakes something, it's not just baking for yourself. I, I personally, like I've, I made cookies for myself. I feel like that's an egregious sin that I'm not inviting other people into it. I don't know if, if, if you feel, my, Matt's like, no, that's, that's fine. You can do that. Um, but I, I just, you know that when you bake something, it's like, I want everyone to enjoy this. This isn't just about me. Like, and even at the end of the show, like they're literally bringing out their bakes to their families, which is the, the biggest tearjerker ever. And you get to hear their stories and they're just eating the cakes together. And you're like, what has happened with all the other cakes? Have y'all been eating those? I hope so. But what I'm getting at is the community is something that's beautiful, that's actually inviting people in, inviting people to partake in, in the, the beauty and the, the joy of that community. And I feel like Jesus's main desire is to make a people that are marked by his love and his name that are reaching all nations of the world. And so literally the community of God is this people of God that's inviting people to the table to enjoy what God has created and what God has done. Are you all with me? Yeah. Okay, and the last one, this is my favorite and primary point, is that God puts himself into our community. And so this is the primary thing that separates and differentiates, differentiates the church from every other organization that we know is that God is in us. God is in the church. He's placed his spirit within the church, and he's taken up residence. And I don't know about you, but most of the groups that we're a part of are affinity groups. So it's like there's a, there's a common purpose. So maybe you're working, or maybe you're on a team, or, or what. You have common values that you're adhering to to reach a common goal, and this is why you do what you do. But ultimately, what you are going after is not as passionate about you as you are about it. 
And so on the first service, we had a bunch of SMU swim team guys here. And I don't know why I said this. It wasn't planned, but I was just like, guys, you love swimming so much. Swimming does not love you. <laughs> and they just looked at me and they were like, <laughs> it was like, it's true. Swimming, swimming could care less about you. Like, but you love it and it's awesome and that's fine. Like, but what we get to be a part of in the church is not just coming here because we love God. We come here because God is passionate about us and we get to receive the overflow of his affection. And so that, that's like the main point for us today. That's the power of community. And it makes me think about Acts 1.8 when Jesus is about to leave the scene, be ascended to the Father, and he says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. So the Holy Spirit, this person of the Trinity, God himself inserts himself into his people that they might display the riches of his glory within the world, inviting the nations to dine with him. I just love that. I love that. And that's, that's not just, you know, the Holy Spirit isn't the only one that's into that. Jesus is into that. Jesus dwelled with his people. He tabernacled. He became a man and lived among us and humbled himself to the point of death on the cross. But even the Father, the Father chose people in the Old Testament to be with, to show himself to, to give him, give them a relationship with him and knowledge of who he was. And so this is like, this is God's story throughout all of creation is him inserting himself more and more and more into our lives to display his and to build us up as the people of God to display and invite other people in. Come on. Um, Let's talk about the Holy Spirit, because I, I want you to pick up on the communal nature of the Holy Spirit. Ephesians 4, Jeremy talked about uh, the, the Spirit, one of his primary goals in coming to fill the church was to unify the church to herself. And so when, when you think about baking, this is like, whew, I'm trying to stir up like everything, put everything together to make something beautiful. And unity is something that's beautiful when you bring all these different pieces together. Um, fruit of the Spirit. you probably heard of fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, all of these things. That scripture says, against such things there is no law. I think that's awesome. And for us, each of these things, which the, the fruit of the Spirit you can't remove these things from one another. These aren't fruits of the Spirit. This is the fruit of the Spirit. All of these things together. Love, love is not something that is individualistic in nature. It's something communal where you're longing for the benefit of another. Joy, joy is something that cannot be contained personally. It's something that must come out. I don't know if you've been, I, in college, I'm like hanging out in the library on the computer and I see some funny video or something and I'm just overwhelmed with laughter. And my intention in laughing is not just to respond to the video, but to get somebody else to ask me, hey, what are you watching? What are you doing? Like, and I do it all the time with Katie at the house. Like, I'll start laughing at something. I'm just like, ha, 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 ha. Like, I have to keep laughing a little bit. So you jump in, ask me a question. Like, and, and it's just joy is something that's contagious. And it's meant to be a com communal something that's shared together. Peace, peace, shalom. Literally, like, the, the cohesiveness of things together that are at rest. Like, 
God is wanting, like God brought peace with God and peace with men. Like this is, a, it's not just a feeling that we feel, but it's an actual conscious reality that we see within a people. Patience, like, yes, you can be patient with yourself, but primarily your patience is upon the person that you're not wanting to listen to right now or you can't put up with. Like, this is a fruit of the spirit of long-suffering and being with others. Kindness. I can go on and on and on through all these things. Self-control. Self-control seems like, well, that's very individualistic. It's all about me. But your self-control is unto you blessing someone by putting their interests before your own and not just trying to get your own, but you let them get theirs and then you get your own. Like, that's the fruit of the spirit. It's communal in nature. About the gifts, the gifts of the spirit, you probably heard um, this passage. It says, to each is given the manifestation of the spirit for the common good. And so this spirit that's put within us is giving gifts to men that might be expressed, manifest, showing people who God is like and what God is doing in our midst. And so the, the Holy Spirit is wanting to be known through our actions and through the things that we do. And he gives us gifts in order to operate like him within the world. This is the inside-out kind of functioning of what the Holy Spirit does. And so, just like I said, if you have the gift of hospitality and you're just sitting at home baking muffins for you, you may be using your spiritual gift, but you're not using it for its intended purpose, to edify the church and to build up other people. Just like Jeremy said last week, that we are made as a community to build one another up and give each other muffins and all these other things. So um, I just, I love that when you look at the Holy Spirit, everything the Holy Spirit is doing is within community. And it's about really displaying and manifesting God's nature in our midst to us. And God is with us. God's among us. And so I want to go back to my main passage, which was this. Uh, you shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart, all of your soul, all of your mind, all of your strength. How do we, how do, we do this? How, how do we actually love God with everything? Oh, and he's given, us, he's given us what we need. He's given us his spirit. The spirit of God, uh, in 1 Corinthians, Paul says that, not Paul Hollywood, the apostle Paul says that, the Spirit searches all things, even the depths of God, so that we might know everything freely given to us by God. And so he's saying, I've given you my Spirit, not just to save you, but to unlock and unfurl my kingdom within your life to show you how much your heart was made to love me, how much your soul was made to long for me, how much your mind was made to long for me, how much your strength is compelled to, to worship, to, to bring our offering. And so our praise, our love, our affection of God is not rooted in self. It's rooted in the spirit. And the spirit of God is welling up within us. This, this thing that Jesus talked about, this well that's welling up to eternal life is the spirit of God working itself out within all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength to love God. And then the fruit of that is to love our neighbor as ourself. That loving our neighbor is not on me like Jesus wants to give me his spirit to make me love God with everything. Then the fruit of that is to love my neighbor, the people that are around me, you guys. And, and I just love that because it, it just takes a weight off. And I, don't, I mean, when you think about Jesus, Jesus' ministry 
was meant to encourage the people of God in the revelation of what is true, and he removes burdens. He loves to remove burdens. As a rabbi, he had what they called a yoke, and a yoke was their interpretation of the scripture. And so a rabbi would walk around, and he'd ask people to come under their yoke. Come under my interpretation of the scripture, that it might be well with you. And how many of you remember when Jesus is talking to his disciples, he says, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke, my understanding, my revelation of what this is all about, and you will receive rest. Jesus is in the business of giving rest. When you, when you remember Peter, when Jesus, Jesus asks him a question, he says, who do you say that I am? Peter says, you're the son of the living God. You're the Messiah. Peter, Peter's connecting with the truth of the entire Bible. And Jesus says, I'm so glad my father has shown that to you. And on this truth, on this rock, the rock of the revelation of what Peter's saying, I'm going to build my church, that, that a son has come, the Messiah has come to love you. And this is the revelation that you must know and understand. And the gates of hell will not prevail against this revelation. The son has come. And, and so when we, when we see this, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself, we see Jesus, who is the one who does that. Who, he's the one that, that this command, he's like, done. Like, he's, he's got it. And even at the end, he says, on these two commandments, depend all the law and the prophets. Everything in the Bible is pointing to this, and he is the one it's pointing to. Even, even in this verse, Matthew 22, verse 40, it says, on these two commandments, depend all the law and the prophets. The word depend in the Greek means to hang. It means everything is hanging on this. The Bible is hanging on this truth. And I mean, can you imagine being one of Jesus' disciples and hearing this and then a few days later seeing Jesus hanging on a cross? And he would say, everything is hanging on this. Not just your sin, but your capacity to love God. Your capacity to love your neighbor. It's all right here. That's what Jesus is doing on the cross. He's saying, everything is hanging on this. The whole scripture is pointing to it. And when we come into that revelation, Jesus says he promises to give us his spirit. And so as we close today, I just ask you to, to stand and we're just going to enter into a time of responding to the Lord on this truth, on this truth that everything is hanging on Jesus, not just the bad stuff, not just the stuff we regret, not just our past, but our future, our living hope. Everything depends upon him. And so maybe you're here today and you're tired and you're weary and you've been trying to do this on your own. God has his spirit for you today to give to you. Even in the book of Acts, Paul was talking to some people and he said, hey, do you, do you, have you received the Holy Spirit? And some of the disciples said, no, we have not heard that there is a Holy Spirit. And maybe you're here today and you're like, I have no idea who the Holy Spirit is. Well, in, in that moment, Paul just prayed for them, baptized them in the, name of the G, in the name of Jesus, and they were baptized in the Holy Spirit. And they received God into their life. And so maybe that's you today. Or maybe, you know, you've been walking with God and you're just like, you know, I just don't feel like I fit into the community. I still feel raw. I still feel like 
There's, I don't know what my gifting is. I don't know why I'm here. And I just want to say that the Holy Spirit is the one that's going to meld you together into the community. You need the Holy Spirit in order to belong. And God wants to give you a spirit. He wants you to belong. He made you. He delights in you. His pleasure was for you to be here even this morning to hear this message. And so would you pray with me and then take some time as we worship just to receive from God. Even, even singing a worship song is prayer. We're literally praying as we sing these songs. And so, Father, we just, we just come to you, God, and we just say, Lord, we believe and trust that everything is hanging on you, God. Would you give us your Holy Spirit, Lord? God, that we might be the community that's marked by power that you've promised. Lord, we love you. We love you, God, because you first loved us, Lord. We give ourselves to you this morning. We lay it down, God. And we receive your yoke, God. We receive your revelation of what this is all about, God. Help us to love you with everything and to love our neighbors as ourselves in response to Well, I hope that encouraged you. If this message spoke to you, if God's doing something in your life, I'd love for you to send us an email and let us know. You can do that by just hitting reply on any of the emails you get from us. Wait, what's that? You don't get emails from us. Oh man, why don't you go to our website and you can sign up for our community newsletter. Once a week, you'll get updates on what's going on, what God is doing in our midst. And we would love for you to be a part. Uh, if you've enjoyed this series of podcasts, love for you to go on iTunes and leave a review. It helps other people find out uh, about this stuff. Love you guys, and we'll see you next week.